check one, check Lock two. Talk Radio. just 
That's just factual. We're talking about on paper. We're not talking about in the ring. A lot of people just do the on paper and then just kind of stick with that, no matter what happens in the ring. I don't do that. But uh, MJ against Ronnie Rios, stylistically, I think it's a fun fight. Do I think Rios is going to win? No. Could he? Yeah, he has a good. He has he has some good wins in there. Um, Julio Cesar Martinez and McWilliams Arroyo. You know, Arroyo's had a nice little uh, part of his career lately. You know, it wasn't doing a ton as far as big victories, but he got some now, and so I think that'll be stylistically. Also, uh, Jessica McCaskill is on the undercard, but let's not act like they're. I'm not even gonna say fifty. Because it's hard to get a 50-50 in, in boxing. I mean, the main event's not a 50-50 technically, right? Um, I do think the the Rung Vasai, I think he's uh, – I would take a flyer out him. Being a flyer out on him, I should say. But, yeah, I think they're stylistically really fun fights. I mean, the main focus is the, is the uh, you know, the, the main event. But yeah, this guy got really pissed at me, and I I, I don't know him, but I you know I kind of know him, um, and he's just like, man, you just hate on Eddie Hearn, dude. It's like, what do you mean I hate on him? I said I'm gonna enjoy his fucking card. I think it's a very, I think those are gonna be very exciting fights. It's what a lot of undercards should have. So I you know this is a strong card, but it's not like they're fifty five forty five. Some of these fights may not even be 60-40. Do you think MJ and Ronnie Rios is a 60-40 fight? I personally don't. But I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, you know, on – well, actually, I'm going to do a show on Sunday, and that's for sure because I have the day off next Sunday. So, you know. Anyway, but on Sunday, if Rios beats them or it's a tight fight, that's why they, they, they fight the fight. Anyway, I'm getting lost here in the intro. Tyson Fury – was allegedly because we don't ha- we haven't heard from him yet or, or his side, but he, it sounds like he was de- denied access, not allowed in the U.S. He was on the list of what they say 600 people are on the list that were tied to Kinahan in some form. Now I'm saying allegedly because I don't know. I'm not saying he was uh, he started a bunch of businesses with him and he's, he's money laundering. That's not what I'm saying. But obviously some of that list pertains to something involved with Kinahan, as we know that was his advisor and TK Global and whatnot. Um, but that is the – that's what they're saying. In fact, Sunday World, I'm looking at it right now, Tyson Fury and former NTK boxers book U.S. flights to test waters after Kinahan crackdown. Okay? This is June 19th. It said 2022. Um, so yeah, Fury was refused entry to the U.S. for the first time on Friday after he booked a flight from the U.K. In a big blow to his fighting career, he is informed he, he would not be granted entry stateside as he attempted to distance himself from the mod mob bosses, or mob boss, I should say. Um, so SundayWorld.com, that's who broke the story, you know. I don't, I don't, I mean, we haven't, I, 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 this is my opinion, okay, I think it's probably true, just because, you know, I mean, wouldn't he come out and say, that's bullshit, I didn't book a, a flight, and he actually, it's funny, because he just did a, 
an interview with Davies, and this is prior to it. You can tell just by the uh, by the interview. And um, you know, he, he would have said something, dude. Like he would have said something because he was talking about to. to sorry, I was doing something uh, to talk about that little interview that he recently did. He literally said, um, "I'm going to the U.S. I'm going to Dubai. I'm going here for talking and you know speaking engagements with his fans and whatnot." So we'll see where that goes. Um, a couple other fight news items, and of course, a little bit of boxing Twitter segment on this uh, uh, shortened episode this week. Finally, at last, Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz will fight September fourth. They obviously are just going a little ahead, what, two weeks ahead of Canelo and, and Golovkin 3, the trilogy. I suppose you'd rather be there than on the back end of it. And they surely didn't want to go, what was that, August 13th, because Jake Paul was the week before and, uh, you know, Showtime. They probably just don't want to mess around with it, even though it's not Showtime. It is Fox. It's a Fox pay-per-view, which will mean the prelims will likely be on Fox. We'll see. It's kind of interesting because around that time, well, that's a Sunday, though, isn't it? That is a Sunday. I forgot about it. I think that's a Sunday. Uh, that might get a little funky when it comes to that now that I think about that. Um, and I, I was thinking about Sunday college football, but there's usually only one game or a few games on Sunday, one in primetime probably on the ABC. Okay, I got to stop. I got to stop. Um Anyway, so yeah, we're going to get into previewing the Weekend Pro Box, uh, that really cheap app, and I don't mean it like, you know, as a degrading thing. On Friday, they have a fight as well, Estrella TV. We'll go over some of that stuff uh, in just a little bit. If this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. Um, <clears throat> You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it up if you don't want to. You can download the show and find it uh, in a variety of places on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're happy, not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream, and they're still on that limited time, okay, for a limited time. The prices start as low as fifty four ninety nine for two months. If you upgrade um, to the the um, the choice or ultimate package, that'll save you one hundred and sixty dollars uh, over a three month period. It'll also in, uh, involve HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epics, and Cinemax for the first three months. Um, no annual contracts, no hidden fees. It's the best of live TV and on demand. That's direct TV stream. Okay. So, um, let's get to the bare facts of it. Let's get to what happened on Friday or Friday, Saturday. Um, as far as the undercard, um, Robesi, um, Robesi, was it Robesi? Yeah. Robesi, uh, Ramirez and Abraham Nova. Uh, Nova was, uh, 21 and 0, something like that, with 15 KOs. Obviously, um, now Ramirez moves to 10 in one with six KOs. Of course, he lost his his first, you know, uh, fight 
Um, the second round, I thought Nova did pretty well. He was he was busier, a little busier it felt like. Um, but overall, the speedy hands, um, you know, the 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 left hands to the body and to the head, actually with both hands, uh, left most of those lefts landed to the just straight lefts landed to the head, but he was landed really good body shots with both hands. Nova landed a couple of, uh, like a few nice right hands as well. Um, Ramirez was kind of doing the in and out, land some shots, then get out, then get in, then get out. Or he started, you know, turning up the pressure as well. And really after the second round, it was all uh, uh, Ramirez. Um, I think a left hand late definitely hurt uh, Nova in the third round. Uh, he was just outlanded him at that point by the fourth and fifth round. He was outclassing him. There was uh, some back and forth before the stoppage, um, but a left hand dropped him and stopped him, stopped Nova in the fifth round. I think there was a right hook that he missed right before he landed that shot. But, yeah, man, the left hand knocked him silly, uh, and Nova looked like he recovered okay. You know, we'll see where he goes. But Ramirez, as a pro, like I said, his style is, is really becoming enjoyable as a pro. You know, it's it's taken him a little bit like, you know, most amateurs. Right? I mean, some amateurs never get that good at a pro style, right? You might say a majority of them if you think about how many, you know, don't even turn pro. But, um, yeah, man, his style – uh, his, like I said, his hand speed, his accuracy, it's really starting to come together, and he's starting to show all the things that won him, you know, uh, with the two gold medals. Um, so, yeah, I'm really impressed with, you know, what we got out of the rim areas. I'm really wondering where they're going to go next with him. Um, hopefully it's at least a lateral step. You know, hopefully it's at least um, not – a step or two back um, because he's he's starting to come into his own. Robesi is something else, man. I really like him now. Um, the first loss, we'll see, you know, how that goes and stuff. And a couple of these fights where he'd look good for rounds or within the rounds, and then it'd be like, yeah, you know, who knows? I mean, he's still – I don't know. It's it's like it takes him a little, you know, like I said, it takes fighters a little bit, even if you have a ton of experience in the amateur sometimes. And uh, he's looking good. He's really, it's, it's, he's enjoyable to watch, though, because he's, like I said, he's got that in and out, but it's constant. I'm not trying to say he's creating friction. That takes your mind out of the gutter. But it is. The in and out style is constant, and he's coming to hurt you. And he, But he's going to do it you know, with accurate punching, and his skill level is obviously high. So we'll see where he goes uh, next. Peter Biev and Joe Smith Jr., uh, first round. It's funny because if I would have guessed somebody would circle the other fighter, right, both these guys are kind of I'm-coming-at-you type fighters, right, as we know. May circle them a little bit in the early stages. And just lightly, you know what I mean? I'm not saying he was going to be on his bike or anything like that. But if I had to guess, I would have guessed lightly circling would be Joe Smith Jr. That was not the case. Technically speaking, it was kind of crazy. But 
Peter Bia was moving more, especially early on. Um, Smith, you know, landed several clean shots early on in that first round, though, because he was coming to just put it on him. Um, I I think, I don't know. I mean, you could sit there and second guess the, the decision to just go at him, just straight up try to brawl with him right off the bat, and that's your best shot. So, and I could see that. I could see a lot of that game plan and, and how it's like, hey, man, you know, might as well try. Because to be fair, hasn't uh, Peter Biev, I think they even said on the broadcast that that's been his weakest part, you know, is those early parts of fights, which, you know, that can happen to a lot of fighters where he's been buzzed or whatever. Um, but I think right around the midway point, a right hand and then a followed up by a left hand definitely buzzed Joe Smith Jr. And it wasn't the normal run of the mill, your legs are gone like you're like a baby deer on ice, you know what I mean? Um, or just trying to walk in general. A deer on ice, I should say. Um It wasn't that. It was he wasn't all over the place right away. But you could tell from his legs and his footing and when he tried to turn a little bit and use I might mean to say an angle, but there was times where he was like in a transition to move the other way and you're like, Oh wow, his legs are so stiff. And that was early. Um, a couple of choppy shots and then later I think it was the right hand, right, that landed. Um, he said Smith Jones Junior said and that, that caused a knockdown obviously. Smith said that he caught him behind the ear. Um I wouldn't doubt that he caught him in a variety of places, you know, on the ear, on the side of the head, on the temple, right on the button, whatever you want to say, because, you know, he does have those choppy shots, but it didn't look like it was behind the head or anything like that. It did look like it was an equilibrium, whether that's your temple, side of the head, back of the ear, wherever he thought he landed, but uh, he was hurt, clearly. He was really hurt, and Peter Biev, Early right hands, a nice left hook. Um, I mean, he was on him. I think it was uh, like 40 seconds into that second round, a right hand dropped him. Um, and then like, I don't know, five or seven different lands, you know, caused the second one. And then it was, I think it was like an upper, was it a an uppercut? I think it was a left and a right uppercut. A left, a left hand and then two right uppercuts? I can't remember, but... I think it was a, a left and a right, and I think that the closing shot was an uppercut um, or the knockout. And like I said, it was just kind of – wasn't stunning that he scored the knockout, obviously, because shit. I mean, that's all he's done so far as a pro, right? Um, but how quickly it happened, and sure, you could say, well, if Joe's going to fight that way, then, yeah, it's probably going to happen quick. And, and that's fair, but I didn't think it would happen that quick. I did think it would go at least five, six rounds, and it, I think it had a chance to go later. Um, I, I did think Peter B. would win by a knockout, but I didn't think it'd be in the second round. I'll fully admit that. But, you know, when you got a guy with power, it can it can happen any time. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and berate. I've seen some of this on Twitter, um, you know, the game plan. and yeah. I mean, I get it, but it's not like he's going to use a complete opposite game plan either, you know. But I did think he'd be a little more, I don't know, a little bit more patient, a little bit more, I don't know, throwing a jab. I mean, maybe like 
a little bit more at distance, you know, like a little more cautious, you know. I think that's the key word. I think he could have been a little more cautious. Not like he's a cautious fighter, though. You know what I mean? And he did, you know, fair enough, he did actually bring that pressure and land clean shots right out the bat, a, a fair amount of them, considering it's the first round. But um, Peter Biev was able to move just enough and, you know, counter and do some stuff we don't normally see out of him. He, like I said, he does have the overhand shots, the choppy shots, but he's very he can be very fluid, and especially when he came in on the game, he would have these rapid-fire combos that were pretty impressive. Um, as far as, you know, because right when you see, all right, dude, you know, we, we're, we're like uh, addicted to these undisputeds because we've gotten them so recent, you know, so many so recently that we're like, all right, time to fight Bibble, which, you know, that would be the bomb and everything like that, right? That would be awesome. But come on, dude. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. This is boxing. Um, and this is just two days ago, something like that, on BoxingScene.com. Sean Nam. Aram on uh, Beater Beef Bivol. We ain't doing a fight on dead zone. The zone. Nobody watches it. That That's what he's saying. Um, now, I've said... To be fair, I've said there's a difference between ESPN split, you know, split uh, network pay-per-view and the zone, you know, like the Charlo Munguia. Come on, dude. That's not a, you know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. And even, to be honest with you, even Gervonta Ryan Garcia, because Gervonta, you know, creates so much more at the gate that right now it's not, it's not a 50-50 right now. Now, some people may think it, it is in the ring. It's just not. So to, to sit there and have to have, you know, like I said, I've said this a handful of times because this has been a topic, but it's like how many times have we had a split network pay-per-view just in general? Uh, but this is what he said. One thing uh, with Peter Biev is that now he is known to the public. As so many people have seen him. We ain't doing a fight on the zone. Nobody watches it. So – Again, we'll see. I think that when the time comes, even Eddie will have Bibble come over and fight uh, Beater Biev on the bigger, you know, with a bigger audience, which clearly they'd have a bigger audience. This one actually did have a, it almost hit it. Well, we don't know the peak number. Well, we kind of do because there, it's hard to judge a peak when it was less than two rounds technically. So um, it almost hit a million and, does that include the ESPN Plus streams? I don't think it does. But either way, it sounds like, you know, the yard in, in BJB, they'll, he even says it here, they'll fight in London. I talked this morning to Frank Warren, who will co-promote it there. We're planning on a big night um, at the O2 Arena. So, it, in that, by the way, that, that did seem like that was a plan already. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what pretty, you know, pretty obvious. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'll say this, though. Eddie Hearn hasn't come out and be like Oscar saying it has to be a split, you know, let's show it on both. The show it on both just doesn't line up with making any kind of sense for either side in my my mind. Well, I shouldn't say in either side because I'm sure some fighters that don't have a lot of, uh, you know, 
a lot of draw a lot of attention at all, right? They would love it if DAZN, you know, DAZN could have it on there too. And I don't think this is a split site paper. You know what I mean? I keep saying split site like it's uh, two different sites for the fight. Because um, we've seen those two on pages once in a while. Canelo, actually. I remember that. Um, and Mayweather. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's... I mean, Bibble just beat Canelo. So that's got to mean something. I mean, just... That's got to mean something. And... Does that mean Bibble is the clear A side now? <clears throat> I mean, you could make a case for that. You know, you could make a case for that. Now, you could also say, well, more people even saw this fight, you know, than the other ones. Well, when there's a pay-per-view, you do generally have people over, too. So, now you could say, well, for fights, you have some people over, too. That makes sense. But not like a pay-per-view. So, I don't know. I mean... We haven't heard Eddie really say much about it as far as, well, it has to be on zone or something like that. So it's, it's a little different than Oscar coming out saying everything has to be on zone or involved zone. Um, when, you know, prior to that, that's not what he used to say anyway. He used to be, you know, anyway. Um, so, yeah, just uh, it's my, I'm thinking that it's, you know, Beater, Beeb, and Yard. And I think they were talking about October. Um, and then Bivol Buatzi. I mean, that's a pretty good fight right there. You know, that that's a pretty good fight. I actually like that fight better than I do the, uh, you know, the Peter B. Yard. But Peter B. Yard. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there's there are other fights I could talk about. But, like I said, it's a shortened show, so I'm going to try to try to stay focused. All right, let's get to the quadruple header, if you count Jessica McCaskill. Actually, there's a pretty good undercard uh, fight as well. Like, not just undercard, but under-undercard fight. Um, And that's uh, Ford. It's Medina, but it's Richard. Richard. So Raymond Ford and Richard Medina. That actually might be good. Mark Castro, we'll see how he looks. Um, Jesus Martinez in a four-rounder. Uh, yeah, Jessica McCaskill. I don't know a ton of, about Alma, um, to be honest with you. But let's talk about the top three fights. Once again, just to prove my point to the person that unfollowed me, multiple people actually unfollowed me. I guess they had a plan together that they were, hey, let's unfollow him because he said something that's factual. Um, just to prove my point, Julio Cesar Martinez and McWilliams Arroyo. McWilliam, McWilliams Arroyo is a plus 420 all the way up to plus 500. Actually, there's a plus 550 as well. So if you think that's even a, a 55-45 being a four to five and a half underdog, it's just not. MJ against Ronnie Rios. Uh, the lowest I'm seeing is plus 420 again. Um, and that only goes to 500, plus 500. Five dimes has that. So um, once again, when you're a minus 700 you know, minus 800, that's not 
really close to a 50-50 fight, you know? And, and I understand, like I said, boxing, to for have both guys be minus, it's extremely rare, right? It just is. So even a two-to-one, to me, is is it, that would be a 55-45, or maybe some people call that like a 60-40, you know, the way boxing is. Uh, but I'm just I'm, – I actually gave it a compliment because I said, yeah, you know, on paper we, base, we think we know that – Ronnie Reels is going to lose to MJ, right? I think I don't know too many people, unless you're just a big fan of Ronnie Reels, um, or you're, you know, whatever. But I don't know too many people are going to, you know, if you, if you're if you think he's going to win, you should put the money on him. I'll say that. But stylistically, like Arroyo and Martinez, stylistically, I favor Martinez, but stylistically, I think that's going to be a fun fight. I think it's a very entertaining fight card, regardless of what the betting odds say. Like that old saying, I, we said it last week for the ESPN main event, TV fights, right? These are good TV fights that you know what you're going to get. Is it the best fight the best? No, it's not. But you don't get that all the time. So, you know, these are good, what I call like mid-level Good quality fights. I'd say they're a step up from mid level, um, especially because of like MJ and even Martinez too. I guess you really can't call those guys, you know, uh, a fight with those guys unless it's a mismatch. Well, then I just call it a mismatch. But um, so yeah, I mean, go ahead unfollow me. Um, but I call it very entertaining, man, because I think it will be. I think it will be. I, I do think MJ. Beats Ronnie Rios. Um, I'm not going to say easily per se. I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to stop him easy, dude. These are not even good fights. That, that's not what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That, that's definitely not what I'm saying. But, you know, um, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Ronnie Rios is a guy who, um, you know, did get uh, like a quality win. In his last time out, which was over a year ago, I think it was like last February, over Oscar Negrete, you know, it was a, it was a very clean win. Um, he also, well, he, he took uh, Diego De La Hoya's uh, O, right? He knocked, I think he stopped, they stopped that fight like midway, something like that. Um. You know, he got soundly beat, I believe, by Ray Vargas. Um, you know, I remember him losing uh, – who the hell was he? he? lost as a prospect to some vet. It's one of those vets with, like, a fair amount of losses, too. Uh, oh, Ca- Castellanos? Here, let me check. Yeah, Rob Robinson. Yep. And that was – I mean, that's 2004. My point is, he, he, he got a really good win, what I'd say is his, his best win of his career, his last time out. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to tout MJ as some kind of, I mean, he's 10 fights in. Uh, he's got what I believe are two really solid wins, obviously the Roman win and even the one right after it, the Iwasa or Iwasa. Iwasa, those are solid wins. You know what I mean? So, 
I do believe, though, that, you know, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I like MJ in the fight, but I think it'll be fun getting there. Whereas I think Julio Cesar Martinez and Mick Williams Arroyo, to me, um, I think that's going to be more competitive. Now, it's the rematch because it got stopped, like, early in the fight. Um, and it looked like it was, wasn't it a, yeah, it was an accidental headbutt. That's what it was, accidental headbutt. Um, but it it looked like it was going to be just a great fight because they were, weren't they both down in the first? Yeah, they were both down in the first two rounds. Arroyo got knocked down. It was the second, right? Or was it the third? I think it was the second. And like that, that looked like he was fireworks. So I don't see why it wouldn't be anything but that. You know, they fought last. It was during the fall, I believe. Um, and so, you know, to me, that's a, a closer fight on paper, even though it's pretty similar odds. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. But, you know, with Arroyo, he's just like, a, you know, his best fight, his best win is uh, Quadros. You know, and a lot of people thought, oh, man, Quadros is probably over the hill by that time. Um, because that was a while ago. That was like 2018. Or, yeah, 2018. So, you know, he's faced the Gonzalez's. He's faced some unbeaten guys. He's faced a lot of tough fighters, considering he doesn't have he doesn't even have 30 fights. He's got what 25, 26, or something like that. So, um, I just think it's going to be a bang. You know, this has got a chance to be the best fight of the night, the best fight of the weekend, to be honest with you, because he's styled. I mean. Julio Cesar Martinez is coming for you. And McWilliams Arroyo will oblige. Let's put it that way. But I do have Martinez. I have MJ and uh, Martinez. I have the favorites. But like I said, I think it's going to be fun getting there. Now, Bam Rodriguez and Rungbasai. Sir Cat Rungbasai. This is um, this is a big, nice step up. This really is. Um, obviously, you know, the last especially two opponents for Rungbasai have been just more, you know, uh, I guess you could say trying to stay active at that time. Now, he hasn't been active of late technically because actually, let me look. Because um, he, he lost the rematch to Estrada. That was April 2019. Then he fought in the summer 2020. He fought twice in 2020. But fought once last year. Wait, he got hurt, didn't he? Either way, he hasn't fought in over a year. So we got to put that into it. But, um, you know, he still fought Estrada really solidly, even in a loss. I mean, I don't really care. You know, I did think he actually – I thought he – I don't know. I mean, that first fight, I thought Estrada, I thought it was a draw or Estrada won, but I am a little biased with Estrada. I'll just fully admit it, but I thought Estrada won that fight. But still, I mean, I mean, the Gonzalez first fight, I thought he lost that fight, but in the end, he knocked him out in the rematch. And that's looking, you know, so much better as time goes by, obviously, right? Because we've seen, you know, uh, Trucolatito have you know uh, have that last part of his career now, 
be really entertaining, and he's accomplishing stuff. He's doing stuff that we just kind of assumed, hey, dude, you're done. But think about that. That was 2017 when he got stopped in the rematch. And uh, anyway, this isn't about uh, Triple Tito. But yeah, then he, I mean, to, to do that, back-to-back wins, technically wins, but especially be a knockout, and then to go and beat uh, Estrada, you know, that's uh, that's a hell of a run, and it's just a matter of, you know, I don't know, like, in a sense, how fresh he is. You know, the guy's had a lot of fights, a lot of camps, um, a fair amount of wars, though, like I said, he, he he's a little fresh because, you know, he went 10 rounds, uh, with a solid fighter, not a great fighter, but then the last two, they were quick little fights. So, you know, will there be some ring rust in there? And, you know, can ring rust, you know, add up pretty quick? Yeah, it can, but, and he hasn't been active, like I said, too much. But, shit, fighting twice in 2020 is active compared to most fighters in 2020, uh, unless you're a prospect or whatever. But, um, I just... Man, I, I, I really – I'm impressed with uh, Bam Rodriguez, it, it, you know, taking this fight, you know. He's a really crafty fighter. Speaking of uh, in-and-out style, I mean, the, the pivot, the footwork of this guy, and then rapid punching. He doesn't have a ton of power, but he could definitely pop. What is he, 15-0 and 0 with 10 KOs? Uh, he soundly defeated Carlos Quadros. Now, you could say, uh, Quadros is, you know, more near the end of his career. If you want, you could say that. Um, he put up a pretty damn good fight against Estrada in the fight before that. Um, um, you know, so considering a lot of people, like I said, thought he was done after that Arroyo fight. Um, so I, I'm just happy he's doing this. This is a, this is. This is a tough fight, dude, because it's a different style. It's a guy that wants to come at you all night long. Um, but I just think the footwork, the movement, the ability to pivot and score punches. And he did actually score a knockdown against Quadros, now that I think about it. So um, so he definitely got enough pop in there. Um, I think he's going to win a 12-round decision here. You know, I, I do think – I'm not saying he's going to – Stop rung beside. Um, and just to kind of check back up with the odds on this, I checked them the other day. I mean, you know, I'm seeing it's kind of weird. There's like it's set up like, and I'm, by the way, I'm on Pro Boxing Odds, a great website because it just gives you a good handle on stuff. It's kind of weird how it's set up. It's got two different areas for it with two different, uh, well, it's two different names. But, yeah, I'm not even seeing – the lowest I'm seeing is for – well, I guess you could say the highest or lowest, however you want to put it. Plus 300 for Rungvisai. Otherwise, plus 310, plus 340. There's even a – oh, my God, Five Dimes has them for plus 480. Wow. Now, I do think the overall skill level, like I said, the movement, the pivot, the just the punching on the move and not being at the angles. He, he just I don't think Rungvisai is going to be able to catch up with them per se. Um, 
But that said, I mean, plus 350 and above or plus 300, I think this is this fight's a little closer than that, uh, personally. I do. Um, so, you know, if you can back your, your thing up, something so funny if you can back it up um pause or not you know maybe you win on the other favorites a little bit of money and then you know obviously i always talk about how personal bets even though you know technically they're illegal um you know a lot of things are illegal that you know happens a lot of people stream shit right so i'm just saying taking a flyer out on Rungbasai. I think is a worthy cause. Let's put it that way. Because he doesn't up and and that's it's funny because up until this point it's not like you know, he was in there with some solid vet that's going to come forward all night. Um you know, in fact his last couple of fights before he blew up, you know, lately he was stopping a lot of his guys, showing a, a bunch of power. I think it was early on. Yeah, he had a couple of those four-rounders that went the distance. He did have that Edwin Riaz. I remember watching that fight or watching highlights or something of that fight. and That was somewhat competitive. I thought that was a good learning fight for him. Um, trying to look at his – yeah, he, he went against an unbeaten prospect, took care of him really easy. Um. And that guy, well, there's not much to say about that because he, he lost to a 2-7 and seven guy in the next fight out after that. <laughs> now that I think about that. Um, that's the thing about Bam right now. You know, we can see what's going on in the ring with him, right? Like, oh, shit, this dude's got a lot of talent, right? And, he, and he's, you know. But Quattro's coming forward is not like Rungvisai coming forward. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. You know what I mean? So... It's just a different style fighter, and we could talk about weight classes. It seemed like he fit in pretty good at the weight class, including dropping his man. So I think overall, Bam is going to be able to use his skill to outpoint uh, Rungvisai. But like I said, this come for a fighter, and, and I keep saying at this weight class, I don't know if it really matters for Bam now because he looks so comfortable at it. Um, but having fa- having faced a fighter like this, or have you know, he never has. There's something to be said about that. There is something to be said about that. So, um, but I am picking Bam. Uh, so but yeah, I like the card, man. I like the card. I know, oh boy, you know, a couple people have followed me for that. It's hilarious what, like, I'll tweet something and then it'll be like. Dude, oh my god, it's just so funny. And it's not like I'm saying shit over the top, calling shit very entertaining. Regardless of what the boxing odds say, is a compliment. Am I supposed to say this is the best card bot top to bottom that, you know, in a decade? Would that you know, would that do it? I mean, just get out of Eddie Hearns, you know what, dude. And if you're listening, Message me back, Ben. Message me back and say, well, actually, I don't think you can. I don't think you can because you don't follow me now. Well, yeah, I'm sure you'll find a way because a lot of people will follow you 
direct message it and then unfollow you like little schoolgirls. Um, and also, I did, yeah, I did mention that Raymond Ford, Richard Medina. That should be a good fight. I've seen multiple people talk about how that could be interesting. Yeah, I like the card, man. I, I like it. ESPN has a card, Elwin Soto and Hecky Bundler in a WBC Junior Flyweight uh, Eliminator. Israel Ramirez and Jorge Luis Martinez is on that card as well, ESPN+. Plus. And didn't I say, I think it was Friday, that Estrella. Estrella TV does have a, a card this weekend. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, it's from uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, that Pro Box TV, which is an app from Kissimmee, Florida. I don't know if they're going to do most of their cards from there. But Jonathan Gonzalez and Mark Anthony Barat. Barriga, is that how you say that? Um, and that's for uh, Gonzalez's belt, correct? I believe, yeah, he's got a belt. Sure, yeah, yeah, WBO. Um, yeah, that's a good fight. Now, when I talk about mid-level fights, right, I think that, you know, fits the bill. I think that's a good mid-level fight. Um Clearly, Gonzalez, you know, is the favorite, but not crazy. I mean, his opponent, plus 250, plus 245, plus 285. So, um, I think that could be an interesting fight. And I think that's a pretty good fight for, you know, what is it, their second event? I think it's their second event. So, um, yeah, you might want to check that out as well. It's you know, a lot of people, oh, my God, another app. Oh, my God. And Alex Vega and Angelino Cordova. That could be a good fight, too, actually. Um, then a bunch of them are, there's one, two, three. There's three four-rounders, two six-rounders, an eight-rounder. Kim Lopez. I don't, I know Kim Lopez. I don't know Chris Stewart, though. Um, Ten-rounder or 12-rounder. So, yeah, anyway, a lot of people or not a lot of people, but I've seen people say, oh, the another app, but it's a very, it's like three bucks, you know, so it's it's not an expensive app uh, at all, and uh, you can just kind of feel it out. I think you can do it, is that per month? I think it's per month, and then you can just, I think it's like 30 bucks or something like that. Uh, I think you can just, there's two levels. You can just buy it for the year or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, this weekend should produce some really fun fights. I think it'll be a good fight weekend. And, uh, you know, as a boxing fan, I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Um, so on to fight news and a little boxing Twitter. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> so I got this message, and he did. Actually, I haven't checked if he unfollowed me, but he basically did exactly what I was saying. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's him. Let me look at uh yeah, I think so. He oh boy. And I've already seen some of this too. Boxing Twitter just makes me laugh. Okay. So this is classic Eddie Hearn, right? So this this person is saying this is Eddie Hearn lover. And that's putting it nicely. Fanboy of Eddie Hearn. But this is Eddie Hearn's style of promotion. He wonders why people don't like him. That that's this is what he does. You know what I mean? So this is him promoting a fight. But this dude 
just messaged me, haters get mad, but Eddie Hearn is right about Canelo Triple G3 over Crawford or Spencer Crawford, right? Because as we know, and actually I think it just, yeah, it was on boxing scene, but it's not long ago, but this is IFL TV. He said that Canelo and Triple G is will do 10 times the business. It's 10 times bigger revenue than Spence Crawford, which is just ridiculous, but it gets people to talk. Now, when you say a message like this, haters get mad. What are the what are the haters getting mad about though? Are they talking or, or are they you know, are they saying are they talking about his exact words or are they saying stuff no it's not bigger? Cuz I do believe Canelo Triple G trilogy, you know, at the gate and you know, the zone's going to be tested here. If they don't hit a million on that fight, they're definitely going to get some flack, but and obviously financially that would be a bad thing. But um like I think it'll do better at the gate. I mean, the first one did like 27 and the second one did 23, so I mean that be if Eddie Hearns the promoter he says he is and I've always praised him for being a, a damn good promoter in many ways. Um it's just criticism. Some of it constructive. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's not 10 times bigger. Think about it. So if that does a mill, because it's not going to do 2 million out of nowhere. The second fight would have done more than the first fight then, which that wasn't the case. First fight did like 1-3. The second did like 1-1, one, one, which are big numbers. Like I said, I already talked about the gate number, but let's say it does a million buys. Let's just give it a million, right? A million and change. Whatever that may be. So, so that means 10 times bigger. That means 100,000. So Errol Spence and Crawford are going to do 100,000. So I think I think you could say Spence and Crawford can at least do 500,000 buys. I think that's fair. I don't think that's being crazy. Uh, it will get casual fans involved. Hardcore fans will get their casual fans involved. And casual fans have at least, you know, heard uh, people in sports talking about this, other fighters talking about this. Um, they've seen their fights or, or commercial run, whatever, you know. Um, you know, Crawford may not do great on pay-per-view, but, or good on pay-per-view, whatever. But, you know, he does pretty damn good at the gate, considering other fighters, if we we're actually being honest about it. And he's gotten a lot of exposure on ESPN, especially being a B-side to spend. So if it does, you know, my point is, if you give it 500,000, shit, you could give it 400,000, okay? So let's just say 400,000. Now times that by 10. Shit, times it by, you know, five. Like, it's not going to do 10 times the business. Now at the gate, you know, Ken Spence and Crawford do, well, shit, if that did, it's going to do at least, I mean, he just did five with Ugas. Now, you could say, oh, Ugas is coming off a Pacquiao fight. That's fair. But he just did $5 million at the gate at Cowboy Stadium. So just do the numbers, dude. Ten times. So they're going to do ten times that. It's, that's just not – that's that's bullshit, you know. It's, it's not ten times bigger revenue-wise. Um, is it a bigger fight? Yeah, it is. It is a bigger fight. It is a bigger fight. They've had two fights already that did very good. 
especially at the gate, but, you know, damn good on pay-per-view. And they've been really entertaining fights, by the way, right? Both of them. So, yeah, I think it's bigger. So when you say message me, haters get mad because Eddie Hearn's right about Canelo Triple G. He's right about it being bigger. But to sit there and say, or, you know, potentially right, we don't know for a fact, but I'd say he's right there. But to say this is where Eddie Heron goes that extra mile to be a dick, it's not ten times as big. It's just not. Like, this isn't, you know, rocket science. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, I already mentioned the Tyson Fury not allowed according. You know, we haven't heard. I think it's – personally, I think it's a fact, like I said in the beginning of the show, because wouldn't he already come out and say that's completely bullshit? Wouldn't he have already come out and said no, no fucking way? And, and literally in that Davies uh, interview, for those who hadn't heard me earlier, I mean he literally talks like he's going to the U.S. for these speaking engagements. So my guess is he is on the list, you know? I mean, he's talked to him. He's been in the same room with them more than once. That's more than a lot of, you know, uh, folks from the authorities, the variety of uh, government, uh, you know, government um, authorities. I don't know why I keep calling them authorities. I just like that word, I guess. Um, you know, whatever. You choose it. FBI, this, that, the other. Police, you know. So, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, dude, he's going to jail. You know, I'm not saying they didn't put him in. We didn't, the report wasn't he wasn't in jail, you know. Um, I hope for his sake that he wasn't, he didn't, you know. I think if he would have started a business directly with him, uh, then he'd be in line for the alleged money laundering, right? I think he'd already be arrested by that time because, you know, he's pretty easy accessible. Dipping, uh, you know, to and fro from different uh, spots in Dubai, like our guy Kinahan is. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, you know, there's this <laughs> on the PBC podcast. Keith Thurman, he says he's going to fight in October, and he actually even mentioned Ugas um, as an opponent. But there's some quotes out of this. Um, Out of this interview on the PBC podcast, which, by the way, they they can put together some pretty good interviews. Not put them together, but they're interesting interviews, I should say. Um, he said, I, I had a roller coaster. I had a roller coaster, and I was trying to be more active this year. I think he was talking about the COVID stuff. Uh, he had hoped to return in the ring this summer, but he got COVID-19, so it messed up those plans. And then he talked about weight gain. I never got a phone call that I was going to get a summer fight. And, that set, and then they said it was going to be pushed back a little bit more. I relaxed a little bit more, and I wasn't fully on my weight management the way I want to be. Plus, I ended up getting, you know, getting COVID for the second time. Uh, the first time this year and the second time because I had it last year. Okay. Seven days recovering on COVID or ordering Uber Eats, sitting on the couch, not doing nada. I stepped on the scale when I recovered, and I was 188. So I got back in the gym following the, the following week, and by next Friday I was 182. Before I got 
COVID, they were saying fall. Now they're saying September, October. It does sound like it's October. Um, and he, you know, he talked about how he right now it's just about weight management. Uh, July will be a great month for weight management. By the end of July, it could be anywhere from you know 165, 68 to prepare, um, you know, for my fight. But I don't know anybody that had COVID and gained weight from COVID. Now he did throw in, you know, I got a little lazy. I got a little off my schedule, but I mean, the professionalism has to come in here sometime, Keith. You've already gave us the story. You know, you can only get away with it legitimately once or twice, right? Hey, I did this. Hey, I did that. I mean, we people have struggled with weight. I mean, all we got to say is Roberto Duran. You know what I mean? It happens, right? So I'm not ripping them. You know, I had to make weight for, uh, you know, wrestling too. Like, I get it, dude. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, rip them. But it's like, dude, like, like I said, when you're sick, now maybe he had no barely any symptoms at all. Well, he had to have some symptoms because otherwise he probably wouldn't have got tested. But he said sitting on his couch, I mean, he's not going anywhere because, you know, you, you're not supposed to go anywhere. But... So he must have not been that sick then because if you're just sitting there eating, because like I said, I don't know. Like when I got it, it was just like a bad cold. It wasn't like the flu. It was a bad cold that never improved for like five, six days. You know how like you'll, you'll get the symptoms. You'll be like, oh, starting to come down with something. I'm sneezing or got a headache, whatever, right? Starting to cough. Your voice starts to get a little messed up, whatever. Next, The next morning or something, you wake up, you're like, oh, shit. Or by the end of the night. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, it's coming on. And then, it, it, you know, you hit kind of a peak. And then the next day you feel a little better. Next day, you know, it's like that. Whereas with COVID, it was like five days of pretty much the same thing for me. But to blame COVID and weight gain is just a, a strange combination. I got to admit. Because I don't know a ton of people when they're sick that just sit there and mow down on food all day long. Like I said, his symptoms must have not have been that bad. But then again, you know, maybe maybe he was going to do like a, some sort of broadcasting thing. That's probably what it was. He just failed a test. I don't know. I mean, are they still testing for that? I haven't heard. Yeah, I don't know. I think they probably are. So maybe it's just that and he didn't have symptoms. The point is he's already gave us the spiel. Well, I shouldn't even say spiel. It's real. Um of, you know, blowing up between fights and weight. And that happens, like I said. But you've already said you've come over that in your different part of your career. My point is, the professionalism now is clearly not there for Keith Thurman. Obviously. I mean, if you didn't think that before, if you thought that before, you may have been right, right? Or you were right. But now it's like, all right, dude, you're blaming being sick on gaining weight now? Like, who... Who gets the flu and be like, man, I gained 18 pounds from the flu. You know, it just doesn't really line up, you know. Um, And if you didn't have symptoms, then you you didn't have to sit on your couch all day. You know what I mean? So it's a little funky. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, there's reasons and excuses. And I got to admit that that does seem like that does seem like an excuse. I got to say. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. Like, come on, Keith. 
So you gained weight because you had COVID? Okay. Um, I think I met, yeah, I mentioned this earlier, Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz, a fight that had been almost done a couple times is finally happening September 4th. And let me just double check that. Is that is in fact that is a Sunday, right? If I'm doing, yeah, I think it's a Sunday. I think. Um, shoot, I missed it. Yeah, it's a Sunday, which that makes sense on a holiday weekend. Now that I think about it, too, because that is Labor Day weekend. So that makes a little bit more sense. Um, it's going to be at it's on Fox Pay Per View at the Crypto. Crypto.com Arena. I'm wondering if they're uh, thinking about, damn, should we have spent that money to take over the Staples name now? <laughs> um, just off how Crypto's been doing lately. But anyway, I'm really excited for that fight. I think it's a really good fight. Um, I know people will say because he's Cuban, you know, that Luis Ortiz is, you know, 68 years old or you know what I mean it's always the jokes about how old he is and I get it you know we have seen some Cubans that defected and lied about their age it is what it is but he's still a damn good fighter and he can still counter punch he can still his timing he's got power Chris Martin looked a little bit Chris Martin Martin looked a little I'll just put it that way Martin looked a little bit better um in his recent fights, you know, he, he had some success in that fight against Ortiz, no doubt about it. But I just I, – this is not – I don't think anybody's thinking it's a walk in the park. But ever since this fight, you know, I've heard mostly good things about it since it's been announced. But there are some folks that are like, ah, he waited him out, you know, Andy on that. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was supposed to happen a while ago. But then, you know, he did get – he did have surgery on his knee, Andrew Ruiz. You know what I mean? So either way, he is fighting him. I don't think if it would have been a year and a half ago or a year ago or eight months ago, I don't, I don't think there's that big of a difference. You could say, even though Ortiz hasn't been active, I mean, he just fought in January. So he's had a camp and a fight more than Andy could say what's Andy's last fight. Uh, it was last year. Yeah, over a year ago now. So, and it's, yeah, so he's going to be out of the ring for, for quite a while before that fight. I like the fight, though. Like I said, I think Andy's definitely going to have to, uh, he's going to have to get inside on Ortiz, but he's going to have to use his skill. He's going to have to use his, you know, rapid fire punching and getting the hell out of the way of some of those counters. Um, but I, I think action-wise and skill-wise, this is a very, very fun fight because you could say both guys have power, which is obvious, and both guys have skill. Um, offensive skill, obviously, in my mind, goes to you know Andy Ruiz. Defensive and really just countering and timing, which is obviously very much right. Um, and jab and just certain fundamentals that Ortiz has and just will have for a while. I mean, I don't know how many years he has left. Maybe. This will be his last fight. Maybe he'll fight a couple more times, but it didn't seem completely lost, let's put it that way, against Martin. Let's put it that way. So I'm looking forward to that fight. I think it's a good fight. Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall 
for undisputed at middleweight is reportedly going to take place September 10th in London, according to Dan Raphael. So that's kind of interesting right there. Been talking about that. Wasn't that going to be July 4th? Yeah, it was going to be July 4th, I thought. Um, so they finally know there's a lot of back and forth. Why is this fight going to happen? Is it not? It hasn't been officially announced, but it does sound like they finalized it. It does sound like that. And here's that report I was talking about, Eddie Hearn. Canelo, because this dude said he didn't really say it. Well, he's been quoted. Eddie Hearn, Canelo, I heard it out of his mouth, by the way. This interview is not brand new. He said ten to, the Triple G, Canelo Triple G3 will do 10 times the fights. Right there on boxing scene, like I said, this is from IFL. Um, you know, the interview, but these are his quotes. But I think if you're a super hardcore fan, you've been waiting for Spence Crawford for a long time. So you may choose that fight over Canelo Triple G if you're a super hardcore fan. But the casual fans are the ones that are going to generate the numbers. If you talk about revenue generated on a fight, it's like, God knows, it's like 10 times as big. That's that's the exact quote. And Spence Crawford. And Spence Crawford is a brilliant fight. I think it's right up there, uh, you know, with Canelo and Triple G. But those are his quotes, just for the you know some people that were doubting it, like it's made up or whatever. Speaking of quotes, Anthony Joshua and uh, Alexander Usyk did finalize uh, the deal for August twentieth in Saudi. Oh no, it's not August. Is it on August 20th? It's finalized, but I just forgot the date. <laughs> I know they're messing with a couple different dates. so I think it's August 20th, though. Or is it 27th? I think it's August 20th. Yeah, it is. From Saudi. August 20th. And, of course, any time you take the Saudi money we're seeing in golf, you're going to get some questions. You know what I mean? But some of the answers, and this is an ongoing thing when it comes to uh, Anthony Joshua. I mean, I respect how big of a name he is. I respect what he does as far as in the ring, you know. He's, he's done a lot. But when asked, this is from Al Dawson, Al Dawson Sports, great follow, by the way. Anthony Joshua on sports washing. He said, I don't know what that is. He said, I think Saudi's good. I'm treated well. All, all the allegation stuff, I'm not caught up in any of that. I'm here to have a good time and bring entertainment to Saudi. So when we say allegation stuff, that's what caught me right there. Allega- there this is, if we're being fair, it's beyond any kind of allegations when it comes to Saudi Arabia and how they run their country and how they have. Now, I know that they're trying to, you know, make it seem a lot like a nicer place. And, hey, our own country has plenty of issues when it comes to, you know, the CIA and internal FBI, internal, you name it, we got it and have had it, right? We're not, you know, we don't have the public beheading, right? Um, But... For him to be like all that allegation stuff, my point is just take the money. Just take the money. Take the money. I'm not trying to say shut up and dribble. Take the money and shut up. 
But just take the money. To, to, to say allegation stuff is just stupid. And he's on that Tucker Carlson thing when it comes to Putin. Well, Putin never did anything to me. So I don't, I'm, why, he's not such a bad guy. I, why do I have to not like him? You know, I think Saudi's good, he said. I've been treated really well. Well, what the fuck, dude? They want you to come fight there. What do you think they're going to treat you like shit? By the way, that Triple G Canelo trilogy, that is where we thought it would be in Vegas, T Mobile Arena, where the first two were Canelo, Triple G, the zone pay per view in Vegas, September 17th. And by the way, the uh, Usyk-Joshua uh, rematch, this is huge for Usyk, though. Uh, the Saudi Arabia site deal is reportedly worth, we don't know the facts on this, but $80 million, breaking the previous record they paid uh, for the Ruiz fight there with, with Joshua. Um, the fight is a 50-50 financial split between the fighters, according to the Daily Star Sport, these numbers. 80 mil. So just take the money. And don't give me this bullshit about, well, dude, I mean, he never did anything to me, so I'm cool with him. Just take the money, dude. It's cool. You know, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, I mean, so many, so, like, so many sports have gone to Saudi Arabia. I mean, if you look at the money these golfers are getting, it's crazy. So it is what it is, right? It is what it is, um, you know. Am I in love with the deal? No shit. Eddie Hearn used to say that the you know the the UK is where all the money is, you know, um, but apparently not for when it comes to this. But you know, a lot of people can say, "Oh, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that." Until there's millions of dollars on the table, and some of those golfers, their deals are like hundreds of millions of dollars. So you know, the PGA Tour is going to get affected from it. Obviously, they're going to have to redo their TV deals. Obviously. Um, but, you know, am I for it? Am I like, oh, that's sweet. No, I'm not, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, uh, my thing is like Phil Mickelson, for instance, just to say the same thing about Anthony Joshua, just shut up, Phil, just shut up, dude. You already, you were talking about all that. It's funny because the way he first was commenting on the Saudi Arabia money before, we knew he got it. He was like saying, man, you know, they, they murdered a journalist. It's it's pretty scary stuff over there, man. It's scary. And then he took the money. And he's like, well, you know, I'm still thinking it through. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of processing. It's like, dude, just take the money, man. Like, if you're taking the money, take the money and move on. You're going to get an- – I mean, obviously, you're going to answer some questions because you're going to get asked about it, sure. But it's kind of like, dude. Don't say a bunch of shit, take the money, and then be like, well, I don't know. I'm still processing it. No, nah, dude, the money's processed. You know what I mean? If it's in the bank, it's in the bank. Like, just shut up. Just shut up and move on. That's, that's my thing. And this isn't on the shut up and dribble shit. It's not on that at all. This is on some ignorant shit where you're saying something, you know, basically out, out of both sides of your mouth. And by the way, I mentioned that uh, – uh, Anthony Yard fight with uh, Arturo uh, Peter Biev. Um in October 29th is the target date according to ESPN. There's no deal done, but yeah, London, October 29th is the target date. Just for those who are wondering, 
Oh, here's a tweet. Um, Jesse Rodriguez Franco, currently the youngest world champion of boxing. He's only 22. Yes, sir. I saw this tweet from Clarissa Shields um, about the street she has, I'm assuming, in Flint. Clarissa Shields Street. So congratulations on that. That's dope. That's dope. Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Let me get let me get the news here first. Let, let's get the news. Let's get – is there any other news? Oh, Berlanga. Edgar Berlanga suspended for six months, fined $10,000 by the New York State Athletic Commission for the biting incident. That was on BoxingScene.com. And according to George Cambosis, he's going to activate, or he did, he activated it. Cambosis activates rematch clause, Devin Haney rematch, happening 100%. So, I mean, you know, you got to at least give him some credit for that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not an easy fight. <laughs> it's not an easy fight at all. Um, boxing news. Oh, there is that um, promoter. This is uh, Francisco Celeras. Uh, so, so, what's his name again? Because right? the, the, shit, the shit's cut off. Um, I just see his the Francisco part. Salazar? I think it's Salazar. Anyway, promoter Fernando Beltrain told me last week Juan Francisco Estrada will indeed fight Joshua Franco in August. That's that August 20th. Somewhere in the United States. Uh, and Shava through ESPN is reporting 20th as the date. Um, and Rob to boot uh, he said, I spoke to Mauricio Suleiman today who told me in no uncertain terms that Juan Francisco Estrada will be stripped of the WBC franchise title should he proceed. Because the franchise title was so they could have a trilogy, right? I think that's when it came up. And so you'll be stripped of your franchise if you take that fight. Now, I would have been cool with Estrada and Gonzalez as well. Maybe, you know, because it did sound like, oh, that fight's going to happen now. But maybe the money's right, money's not right. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Um, now let's go to boxing Twitter, and then we'll get the hell out of here. i got to go. Um, this is uh, Progray, Regis Progray. How, oh, and he's talking about 140, because 140, remember they were going to pick who got to fight for the vacant belt that, uh, from Josh Taylor? He says, how didn't I get picked to fight for the next title or for the title next? I was literally the only person on the list that was ranked number one and already a world champion before. Nobody else came even close to that. It's cool, though. It just gives me more time to keep getting more dangerous. Hashtag politics. Yeah, that whole thing was just weird, dude. This is Fred. Boxing is a weird Sport where people have spent more time on articles about Oscar saying Al Heyman's blocking fights than they did a drug cartel controlling most of the UK boxing scene or Bud suing top rank for being racist. Great home for Devin. <laughs> now this is what this this Jake Paul shit gets out of hand, dude. And this is him trolling. I hope he's trolling. But he says, L O L O L 
y'all don't think I can become a world champion, but look at how Joe Smith Jr. is fighting. In three years, I will be become the light heavyweight champion of the world. So that means right now, you know, it better be or Peter Biev and, and Bivol are the two right now, right? But there, look how Joe Smith's fighting. It's like, dog, he got his legs were fucked up from a punch. Like, dude, come on, man. You had your moment of looking bad uh, two fights ago. So I wouldn't be too uh, too happy about that. But he's talking about Joe Smith Jr. Look how he's fighting. So Joe, what about the rest of his career? Like, this is so stupid. This is Luki. Saudi Arabia lands Joshua Usyk too on August 20th. Unlike other sports, boxing will not worry about Saudi Arabia's sketchy history with human rights violations and deem this a genius business move. That is correct. That is correct. Um, I definitely don't deem it a genius business move, but, you know, that the money is the all – it's the almighty – Dollar, even though you know the dollar's not as strong as it used to be, but you know what I'm saying. Like, money makes the world go around, um, and you know it is what it is. But he's right. I mean, well, uh, some sports they haven't had too much to say about it, but the PGA did ban, I, or, or at least, sus- did they ban them or suspend them? Those PGA uh, tour guys that left it to go to the Saudi tour. Um, but, yeah, the genius move, yeah, I mean, you know, management, promoter, they're after the most money most of the time. So, yeah, you know, for them, it is it is a move that they'd make. Uh, genius? No, it's not genius. But, anyway, here's some more from Jake Paul. Tom Fury, Tommy Fury, you pulled out last year. Then you agreed to fight me. Now your dad is trying to pull you out again. We've given you everything you've asked for, $2 million purse, VADA testing, tampons, that's funny. You have 24 hours to clear this up, or I will never give you an opportunity again. $2 million purse, dog, you better take that. Uh, So now that Tyson Fury is banned from the U.S. because of his ties with the mob, alleged ties with the mob, uh, is Clubgate still far-fetched? Or are you boxing fans simply ignoring the elephant in the room? Um, you know, we know Fury had glove issues uh, in the first fight. Or in, in past fights, remember that one fight that he had the re-glove and all that? And the glove does look fucked up in the first fight. But um, we already knew he had ties to to uh, Kinahan. You know, we already knew who Kinahan was. Now we know, I guess you could say for sure, but... Um, yeah. All right. Truly. Oh, Joe Smith. Joe Smith. Joe Smith Jr. Should hold his head high. He truly dared to be great and has nothing to be ashamed of. So it starts out really good. And I swear this is from a forum. I swear I saw this from a forum. I think it was boxing. Um, yeah, this was a forum. They just tweeted it. But it's you got to listen to it anyway. To start, Joe Smith was not getting praised by the media years ago. He was not given praise by the media years ago. He was a construction worker. Nobody knew of him. Okay, well, if you haven't done anything in the ring, you're not going to get praised out of nowhere. There's a lot of people that work 
shit, Uber jobs, and you know, there's there's a lot of people that work shit and fight. Uh, they just don't make much of their career, obviously. I got on the scene with an upset over Fonfara, but just when many counted it out, he he came back and took it the hard way. He came back and beat Jesse Hart. Remember this guy who many thought beat Gilberto Ramirez, the guy everyone here accused Bibble of ducking. I mean, so people were accusing Bibble of ducking Gilberto Ramirez or Jesse Hart? Gilberto Ramirez? Um, but he said he came back and beat Jesse Hart. I mean, Ramirez did clear that Jesse Hart fight up, though, for being honest, in the rematch. He did rematch. Uh, then a spectacular win over Alvarez, whose fist had Kovalev shook. Anytime you say a sentence like that. Smith walked through everything Alvarez and beat him down. Finally, a win over Vlasov, which was controversial, but still, he dared to be great. Joe Smith is a great fighter who did more than he was supposed to. He just, let, But, dude, he's gotten a ton of respect. If anything, you can say he's gotten – I mean, people are putting uh, Beecher Bia in the, in the pound for pound now off of this win. When Bivol beat him, were you doing that? I know he's got a belt now, but, you know, I don't know, man. Um, basically when a fighter doesn't, or when a fight doesn't work out for Jamal or Tank, it's an indictment on their character. When other people are inactive or have bad luck getting fights done, oh, it's nature of the business. Why is there so much bigger, uh, for Heyman PBC fighters, but compassion elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a fair statement. That is a fair statement. People are just now getting, um... One more thing. This is Lefty here. I've seen three idiots today claim Andre Ward retired to duck Peter Biev, which is funny because when he retired, Peter Biev wasn't in the picture. And people were saying he was ducking Bivol, who uh, was with HBO in a fight in a fight that they were trying to set up if it wasn't for his knee injury. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Why can't you just appreciate a fighter for what he's done recently? You don't always have to go back and dog other fighters in this sense. Like it's just, it's just so stupid. Like, and then, but then at the same time, if Andre Ward comes back and looks like shit, his knee fucks up, then you'd be like, dude, you should have just stayed retired. You know, it's like uh, the NBA right now. Steph Curry, right? He won his first MVP in the finals, and now they're trying to like I saw thread of dogging Magic Johnson to prove that Curry's better than Magic Johnson. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, are you serious? Like, dude, just, can't you just appreciate it? You can put it in perspective. If you want to put him in your top ten, go ahead. Go right ahead. Um, and I'm t- I guess I'm talking about Curry and Peter BF. I get it. I mean, the you know he's had two really solid wins in his career, because um, the Bolshevik win, you know, um, that was a competitive ass fight, and then he knocked him out. Um, so should he be in there? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's it's I'm not. That's why I don't really get into all the major major crazy debates when it comes. When you have a solid run like we've had. Every other week, you're saying, man, should this dude be in? I think this dude should. I mean, people are putting Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, uh, Jermell Charlo. Like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of movement. And a lot of times, 
it is like 13 to 15 guys that should be in the top 10. And that's why I just don't partake in that as much. Okay, one more, because this is really fanboy shit. Vitaly dominated Lewis in that fight. Lewis was lucky that that cut forced the rest to stop it. And this is Dan saying, this has always been such a bullshit take. Lewis tore open a gaping wound on his face with a heavy punch and warranted the stoppage of a competitive fight. Nothing lucky about it. Vitaly didn't dominate in any way, uh, shape, or form. Then Lewis opened up his face like a can of soup. That's one of the funnier stuff Dan has said. Anyway, um, like I said, I'm going out of town next week for a handful of days. And on Sunday, before I go, I'm going to do a show. So I'm definitely going to do a show on Sunday. Okay, So it's going to be an early show. Well, not early in the morning, but... It's going to be like, I don't know when it's actually going to be. It's going to be at night or during the day. I think it'll be, you know, if anything, it'll be later afternoon, if not, you know, at night. I don't know. But I'm doing a show Sunday, even if I got to do it on my phone with the Internet. Messed up. I'm doing a show Sunday. Anyway, I got to do my thing. Enjoy the week. Like, enjoy the week weekend. I do think this is going to be a really fun fight card. And like I said, uh, that Arroyo with uh, Martinez, that might steal the show. Anyway, I'm out. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that 